0: For unto us a child is born. And John the disciple, one of, the, one of the, the people that lived with Jesus when he had his public ministry on earth, being an eyewitness of Jesus' life, wrote an account of his life. Can I have the clicker M, please? And John explains in his account of Jesus' life that the light has come. And I want to read just a few verses from the end of his introduction to his account of Jesus' life. And this is what we read in John 1 verse 14 where it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. no one has ever seen god but the one and only son who is himself god and is in closest relationship with the father has made him know has made him known through jesus through the christmas child god becomes known to us in an intimate way and focusing on these few verses that I just read from John's Gospel is so appropriate at Christmas time. These verses tell us why Christmas is such an important occasion. Now, let me tell you about this John the writer, John the disciple. John knew the culture of his day. This all unfolded in, in Israel, in Jerusalem, in, in, with the Jews. And John was an eyewitness of what, was, what he was writing and, and he, he was a faithful disciple of Jesus. He was actually in Jesus' inner circle during Jesus' public ministry. John knew the Old Testament scriptures. He was very aware of the promises from God that a saviour was going to come to the world. And he says that the purpose for his writing was that he wanted to show us, to prove to us, that Jesus is the Son of God, the promised Saviour, and that all who believe in him will have eternal life. So look at what he says in verse 14. John writes, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, let me just highlight this second word there, which is Word, capital W. It refers to Jesus. Now, for John, knowing his Old Testament scriptures so intimately, the the whole connotation, the understanding of Word, goes right back to the very beginning. And John says, the Word became flesh. In John 1, verse 1, when Jesus was first introduced by John, John wrote this, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And verse 14, that verse just above it there, is a repeat of what John has been saying, that the Word, that Jesus has come from heaven. Jesus was with God in heaven from the beginning of time. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word who came from the Father. The Christmas child who came in the form of a a baby came from the Father, came from heaven. This baby was Jesus and Jesus was with God at creation. Jesus has been with God for all of time and at Christmas time he came to earth and became flesh. God chose to make himself known finally and ultimately in a real historical man. And this is the Christmas child. This is the historical Jesus that we know in the New Testament. He is the Christmas child. Very well-known biblical scholar, F.F. Bruce, says when the word became flesh, God became man. And he made his dwelling among us in flesh. God has come to earth with skin on. Baby Jesus grew up to be a man and that's what the rest of John's book is all about, about Jesus' earthly life. There are a few other accounts of Jesus' earthly life. Matthew writes about it, Mark writes about it, Luke writes about it. But this Christmas child, this baby Jesus is the very essence of God. And he has come to earth in human form. The theological term for that is the incarnation. And this is what Christmas is all about. It is all about God becoming man. Like John, those of us who know our Old Testaments, we're reminded of God instructing Moses to build a tabernacle, to build a tent after he had led Israel, God's people, when he had led them out of Egypt. Look on the screen and let me read to you a couple of verses that we have in the Old Testament that are written in Exodus chapter 25 and this is God speaking to Moses and he says to Moses, have them, his people, make a sanctuary for me. And I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern that I will show you. You know, before Jesus came to earth, which we remember at Christmas, God's people only knew God partially. They could only approach God. They could only come to God through a priest. But now at Christmas, God came to dwell in person with his people. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And then John goes on to say that the glory of the Christmas child, the amazement, the wonder of it, that God would come from from heaven to earth, that he would step into our world that he would take on human flesh, that he would become a human being entering into our experience of life. Friends, this is phenomenal because you know what it reveals to us? It reveals that the Christmas child, who was God himself, by entering our world, he knows us and he understands human life. He knows what it's like to live from Monday to Friday. He sympathises with our weaknesses, with human weaknesses. Jesus, the Christmas child, as he was growing, he faced temptation. He faced loss and pain and persecution and ridicule and misunderstanding. This is our God. This is the Christmas child revealed in our historical Jesus. It is so glorious. It is, it is almost beyond comprehension. John goes on to say in his introduction of Jesus, by now referencing John the Baptist, another John, where he writes, John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Let me say something about John the Baptist. John the Baptist was an an old school prophet, an Old Testament type teacher. And prophets like John the Baptist, they received a lot of attention, they received a lot of recognition as they went around preaching. And John the Baptist was going around announcing Jesus' arrival, saying, Jesus is way greater than, he, than I am because Jesus was before me. Referring to Jesus already being with God, the Father in heaven from the beginning. John the Baptist said, with Jesus' coming, look at the screen, verse 16, out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Now what does that mean? Well, verse 17 tells us, where he writes, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Friends, I understand this is challenging to understand. I know that. And it's almost impossible to understand if the Old Testament context isn't explained. Because you see, John the the, the, the disciple, he references Moses giving the law. Look at the screen. For the law was given through Moses. Now, John's referring to the Old Testament when God gave his people the Ten Commandments, the law, after he led them out of bondage, out of slavery in Egypt, God said to Moses that all of his people were to obey his commandments, the law. Now this is where many people sort of get all funny. They sort of think, well, how could commandments, being told what to do, being told what not to do, how how could that be a blessing? Well, tell me. Are road rules that we all need to obey a good thing? Imagine us driving home from here shortly and there are no road rules. Or is it a loving thing to stop a two-year-old from playing on the roundabout? Or is it a loving thing to, to stop a child from drinking sump oil? It's not just loving, it's right. John is talking about loving rules here when he talks about the law that was given through Moses. Not dictatorial, megalomaniac rules to benefit the privileged few by exploiting others. For the law was given through Moses, the Ten Commandments, John reminds his people. And this was a gift of God's grace to his people. It showed them how to to respond to God's goodness for leading them out of Egypt. It was a gift because it showed God's people how to have the best life for all of humanity so that everybody could flourish. It was a gift because it guided his people. It protected his people. In turn, when we look at the the law, the grace, we see that it strengthens our faith in God. You and I both know children who have not been brought up to respect boundaries or rules. They basically get and do what they want. Well, tell me, Have you ever seen that kind of parenting nurture develop a mature adult who accepts responsibility for their actions? Boundaries and rules are good. God's boundaries for our lives are good. They are proofs of his love and care. And that's why John says that we've received the grace of the law. God's grace came to us in the law. And now, with the coming of the Christmas child, God in the flesh, we are given grace in place of grace, already given. Now comes grace and truth through Jesus Christ. Because the grace that was given through Moses, the Ten Commandments, the boundaries and the laws, they emphasised right living. God said to Moses when he gave him the Ten Commandments, this is how you, my people, are to live. This is how you will be my witnesses to all of the other nations. It's not hard to understand. If everyone lived according to the Ten Commandments, life would be good. It would be a level playing field for everyone, including you and me, with no need for locks on doors or police forces or legal courts. But of course, the state of our, of our hearts, our selfish hearts, made living by God's laws undoable. We all wrestle with boundaries all of us. I know that because I know what's in my own heart. I want to have just a little bit more than you. I often just want to do what I want to do, even if it impacts negatively on others. Friends, our hearts are sin-infected. We all have the sin virus. But Christmas brings the remedy. The Christmas child, God made in flesh, highlights God's amazing mercy and his love and his faithfulness and his forgiveness. Moses could only be the giver of the law while Jesus came to fulfil the law. Jesus' life lived on earth was perfect. Despite his humanness, Jesus fulfilled the law. But Jesus, at the end of his earthly life, paid the price for all of us who have not kept the law. His paying for our sin is what led him to the cross. That's what we remember at Easter time. The ultimate display of love, sacrifice. And by us getting to know Jesus, the true reflection of God, We come to believe and we come to submit to him and we come to find a new way of living. Christmas allows us to know God because he revealed himself in Jesus. We are now able to have a relationship with him, a personal relationship with him. Look at our last verse on the screen, verse 18. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, he has seen God. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. John says the same thing, I think a bit more clearly. In chapter 14 he says, If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. Do you want to know what God is like? You read the Gospel accounts of Jesus' life because Jesus says, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father and we can get to know what God is like. He's not a dictatorial rule keeper. But you know, like in any relationship that you and I have, it takes work for it to grow, to grow into health. We need to spend time with those that we're in relationship with. It's why it's important for us who love Jesus to keep reading his word. It is so important. Why it is important for us to join together with other believers for regular worship. It is a must. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is Christmas Day and our world slows down to almost stop still because everyone will remember and celebrate in some way what Christmas is. Yet many people don't truly know the significance of Christmas. It is when the God of life, light and truth entered our world in human form. God has come In Jesus. And all who believe and trust in him find peace and joy and forgiveness. Listen to what Jesus said. John records this in chapter 8. Jesus speaking and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you believe this? Many of us do, but if you're not sure, if you're not sure, I want you to consider the question, do you believe this? I want you to consider that as as a gift that is wrapped and it's being offered to you. And I want to urge you if you're not sure, to take this gift, to open it and explore further the promises that God gives to all of us concerning this Christmas child. Maybe in the new year you, you come along to our services and just find out more. Just put your foot in, step by step. Because, friends, the light has come. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is the gift of God. That is the Christmas child. Let me pray for us as we reflect on this. And, Father God, reveal yourself, especially in a new way to those who have never realised that you've come to reveal Yourself, to allow us to have a relationship with You, the God who created the universe. So, Father, may this Christmas be a wonderful time for us to celebrate with friends, family, but also to, Lord, reflect on the true meaning of why this world slows down for Christmas. We pray this in Your name. Amen. Let's stand together and we're going to sing a few more songs. But kids, I have a question for you. Can you fill in the last line of this song? Joy to the... You can yell it out. Who said world? Put your hand up. You are right. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. He came to restore and redeem this world. Let's sing that with much joy.